Welcome to Wise, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. Wise is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Wise. As always, I am so grateful you are here. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have been like, where's the podcast? It's been two weeks. (laughs) To be honest with you, I have been still kind of getting back into the groove of doing the podcast, figuring out the schedule with everything else that I have going on, bringing guests back. I have secured a bunch of guests. We got topics. We got consistency. We are right back into the swing of things. Going forward, this episode is going to come out on a Wednesday, but we are going to have episodes come out on Mondays, and then guest episodes will be coming out on Thursday. And we had, or I had, uh, an interview with our first guest back, uh, my good friend Jessica Brown at The Loving Diet on Instagram, where we talked about intuitive eating and self-compassion and just a lot of stuff in terms of why intuitive eating might be tough for a lot of people and why it's really hard for some and really easy for others. Spoiler alert, like what we see on Instagram in terms of that being the superior way of eating might not be true for you. So I can't wait to the, to release that this coming Thursday or the next Thursday. Um, I also am just really excited to dive into these individual topics that I've been talking a little bit about on Instagram. Instagram is very much a short form content platform. One minute, two minutes, even that is long sometimes. So I really want to, you know, dive into some of these deeper things with nutrition, with business, you know, and all of the things that we talk about here on the podcast. In particular, this past week I had, I always like to check in with you all on Instagram and kind of see where you're at with things, you know, when it comes to food freedom, which is what this episode is going to be about. What does that actually mean? How do we define this? What does that mean for me and my life? And how do I get here? Because it is hard. And I talk to so many of you who feel like you don't have food freedom. And I think that there's so many reasons why. I'm going to do my absolute best in this episode to really break down tangible action steps and really define a way that you can define it for yourself. I think that that's why this term feels so vague because it means many different things to many different people. For me, food freedom means two things. It means I feel good in my body and I can eat things that I love and enjoy every single day. That is my food freedom. And you might define it differently. I think that when we hear food freedom out there, we think overabundance and eating too much. Like, oh, if I have freedom, then like I won't be able to be contained. It's, you know, I won't be able to trust myself. And that's normal. So in me putting these calls out for questions and your struggles and stuff, I really begin, you know, I learn more about the things that you are going through, which are things that I went through too. 
So I think that sometimes people might see me now and see how, you know, easy food is for me. And, you know, they think perhaps that like, I've always been like this and that's not the case. I really lived, I mean, you all know, like just very restricted and very chaotic with food for a long time and it hasn't been that way. And I think that the sort of difference between the way that I define food freedom and the way that other people define food freedom is the focus on still feeling really good in your body, right? And really not compromising the way that you feel in order to have that freedom. And that involves another step. And the step there is cognitive restraint or having some sort of boundary and guardrail on food. We're going to go into this a little bit deeper in a moment. Uh, Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that we have two nutrition coaching spots open right now before my prices go up. So that's one-on-one coaching with me, 12 weeks. We get a lot, a lot of stuff done in those three months. Uh, And I love working with people in this capacity. I really think that one-on-one work is where I shine and really my bread and butter. And I think what I am best at, I love groups too, but one-on-one deep work, intensive work is really where I thrive. And, and, you know, in terms of your results, really the place that you can get the best results. So I have an application for that. The application doesn't obviously lock you into anything uh, that is in the show notes. You can also find it on my Instagram bio at Ashley K. Pardo. We also have Noteworthy, my 16-week online business mentorship program for introverts, highly sensitive people. This is really a package of what I wish I would have known when I started my business, you know, five years ago, four and a half years ago, because I spent a lot of time just kind of flailing and not really knowing what I was doing. And really, I think the big distinguishing factor of what has brought me my success is like really getting serious about this business and not treating it like a hobby. And I think that things can really begin to change for a lot of us when we kind of get into that mode and we operate from that place. But sometimes we need strategy. And especially if you are somebody who is a sensitive person, you don't want to, you know, put your face out there every day. You don't want to, you're scared to be on video. You're scared to even share your stuff. It it's, might be too much on your nervous system. So I'm going to be working to make sure that you are visible, but we also honor your fears around being seen. That's really what the problem is with many of us when it comes to online business, even in growth, right? So like as I've grown in business, I've had to get more comfortable with like being willing to be seen more by more people, by more people seeing my work, by more people being exposed to me and my ideas and stuff like that. So we're going to work with our nervous systems to make sure that we are, you know, taking that right path, but also taking action, right? So we have four spots left for the mentorship. You would apply for that as well. And like I said, it is called Noteworthy. We start on October 24th. And like I said, you can view all of the details in the application. And if you have any questions about either of those uh, coaching packages, just send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email and we can talk about whether it would be a right fit for you. So let's get into this episode. Uh, And the first thing I want to do is kind of give a little bit of solace to those of us who feel like we have been misled about what food freedom is. 
And I think with, if you are listening to this podcast and you like my work and are drawn to my work, I think that as someone who talks a lot about, like I said, freedom and allowance and eating things, I the distinguishing factor for me is like, I also have to feel really good in my body in order for me to really feel free. Because the notion of food freedom where I just eat whatever and don't really pay attention don't really put guardrails on my food, I actually f- end up feeling very trapped by that uh, physically. And I am somebody who feels very good at the body size that I am at. This is not like a cultural conditioning, fat phobia type of thing. This is me being very honest with myself and knowing that at this size that I am is how I thrive the most. Um, I have accepted my body for a very long time. And as a, you know, short person with a smaller frame, I feel best in the weight range that I feel best at in terms of me moving physically through the world, running, biking, hiking, lifting weights, just, I feel good at, at where I am. And the notion of food freedom, which is like, eat whatever, and that doesn't matter, that leaves me feeling like shit. So in myself going through this journey, coming from dieting, feeling very seen initially by the anti-diet movement, uh, I followed those rules, which again, those are still rules. I do think that the anti-diet movement is like just the another extreme of diet culture, which still has shame-based rules around them. You can't lose weight. You can't like, you can't lose weight intentionally. Uh, You can't put limits on your food and stuff like that. And the thing is that when I did that, I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) And most importantly, I felt terrible. And I hear a lot of people out there say things like, you know, just have as much peanut butter as you want, have as much olive oil as you want, like it shouldn't matter, just have as much as you want. Like it's a great idea in theory. Like I really wish that that were true. I really wish that we could just eat whatever, right? But the truth is, uh, I think that we have to come to terms with the consequences of that for many of us. And again, if you are listening to this podcast, it's likely that you value feeling really good in your body and perhaps movement and coming to that place in your body where you feel confident and good, whatever that means to you, that is your decision. And, you know, all of us have full body autonomy and only we know how we feel in our bodies and only we know the type of goals that we want to embark on in order to continue feeling our best, right? The thing is that eating in that way has consequences. It just does. Uh, And again, I always say that I wish we didn't have to talk about calories. I wish that that wasn't part of my work. But the truth is that calories matter, If we have an overabundance of calories, we will gain weight. If we have, if we eat less calories than we burn, we will lose weight. If we eat ballpark as many calories as we burn, we maintain, right? So that's really where I'm living now. But I think because there are so many conflicting points of view, I think because so many of us like the idea of intuitive eating, we might follow like non-diet um, dietitians and um, anti-diet uh, health at every size people, which like I don't fully disagree with that. I just f- disagree with the fact that they sort of 
you know, shun any type of intentional weight loss, which I don't think is is always a bad thing. Again, that's that's a whole other podcast of like, should you lose weight? We will do that another day. But, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that if you go by, if you go into it responsibly and you know that you would feel better. Like there is nothing wrong with this, but I'm not going to turn this into a rant. Uh, but because we're surrounded by all of these things and like so many things that feel good in theory of like, oh, just kind of eat whatever, whenever you want all the time, I there will be consequences to that. And if something seems like it's too good to be true, it probably is. And part of this is coming to terms with how our bodies operate, especially if you have, you know what I'm going to say, a sensitive body that's predisposed to and genetically predisposed to holding on to and gaining fat, right? And this is something that I see as a divine gift because those of us that hold that have this type of body also really love food, right? And we see other people who, again, this doesn't mean that the food struggle is absent for these people, but the people who are thin and have a... Um, you know, a faster metabolism for them, it's actually harder to put on weight. And that's the struggle. And that's just where they are. Like that's genetics. We can't do anything about our genetics. We literally cannot change them. You know, this is why it, it doesn't do anything for us to compare people and to compare bodies. But usually those type of people don't care about food as much in terms of the way that we love it, you know? So I, a long time ago, really came to terms with like how my body operates, what my body needs, the type of intake that we, that would be appropriate for us to maintain or lose or whatever our goals are. So knowing that, that also means that our brains light up, you know, to a certain extent, whenever we eat processed foods, sugar, you know, things that are, you know, hyper palatable. So we have to accept part of this work is the the first step to this is accepting how do I need to eat? How do I need to manage my food? What do I need to eat most of the time, right? I, I spent a lot of time fighting this and fighting it does nothing. So the first step is kind of accepting your genetics and accepting the way that your brain lights up and accepting the fact that for many of us, we might not be able to eat everything that we want to eat in the quantities that we want to eat them with the frequency that we want to eat them in order to feel good. And there is absolutely some grief that might be involved in that. I definitely went through that, especially when I gave up gluten, like very much having grief around, um, you know, pies and cookies and things like that. And then I think the place that I got to was I started to value the way that I felt in my body above all else. And I started to value that over how food tasted. This is not, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Please don't, you know, misconstrue or take it in that way. This is like my biggest priority in my life is my well-being. If I don't have my well-being, I have nothing. And in that prioritization, it means that I have to do certain things in order to feel the way that I want to feel. And that kind of requires me to eat in a way that I know is best for me. 
And that's going to be different for you, right? So acceptance is that first step. The more we accept this and we lose the resistance around this means that we can get into action mode. If we feel anxiety about food freedom, which I just want to say also that this is a long process. It's not something that if you're actively dieting, by the way, like dieting in the sense of like doing something very restrictive, it's going to be very tough to find food freedom because you're going to be operating out of fear and scarcity versus your actual preferences, which we can't really uncover until we get to that balanced place where we're eating enough and especially eating enough um, carbohydrates. So given all of these things to me, when I think of like allowance, legalization of foods, where I think that there's a lot of confusion here and, and where I really think that it's important for me to talk about this for all of you, is that even if we have like unconditional permission to eat, uh, which is important, I think that that's the first step to any sort of nutrition plan is giving yourself unconditional permission to eat, full legalization of foods, full allowance of everything. And I think that for many of us, like food freedom to us means that that's where we stop, right? Oh, I can just eat whatever I want at all times. And we can try that. But again, we probably won't feel the way that we want to feel. And then we're going to get in this loop of like, okay, I can't trust myself. I can't, um, you know, I can't count on myself in order to keep my promises and to feel the way that I want to feel, which is why we need to combine that allowance, unconditional permission to eat and legalization with discernment and honesty putting it through your own filter of what that means for you. So again, like I said, I think that there's a lot of confusion around this and perhaps it's what we see in many other, you know, perspectives in the food world. And we need to be very clear about the fact that even though everything is allowed, we need to view it within the context of discernment and legalization and allowance does not mean abandonment of self and goals, right? That is kind of the biggest thing that we can think of here is knowing that like in our sensitive brains and sensitive bodies, like we will likely not be able to not pay attention. Another way of saying this uh, instead of that double negative is we might always have to pay attention and be honest and add discernment every single day for the rest of our lives. And this is not restriction, right? I'm going to talk about what this means in a moment. But before we get to those things, I think it would help us to really define what food freedom means to me, you know, so really thinking about like, what are my goals? What do I want to do with my body? If your goal is feeling better mentally with food, then perhaps you need to not have any restraint, which might mean weight gain. Again, I am not here to tell you exactly what to do because if I did, it would not be sustainable for you. And I am always concerned with how something is going to impact you and how long it's going to last. I want you to come to me and really feel like you come out of working with me or consuming my content and feeling like, damn, I'm like I feel like I'm in power. I feel like I can call the shots. I feel like I can really decide what's best for me. That doesn't mean that we don't get guided or we don't need support, right? It just means that even through that process, 
we are given options and we decide, right? And kind of the way that we do this, if we feel like it's confusing is trying things. So like I wouldn't have come to this place where I see the importance of restraint if I hadn't had periods of just like balls to the wall eating and really having it register in my body and brain. When I overeat, I feel this way. When I overeat, I feel like shit. When I overeat, I feel like I can't be my best self. I feel like I can't operate in the way that I want to. It is very distracting to me. I literally have no desire to overeat ever. And that is because I spent so much time overeating, right? So even wherever you are right now, if you're finding yourself in that period, I want you to really like think of how it feels to overeat and how to consistently overeat. Because like we will have days here and there where you might do it a little bit. But I think that it's important for us from like a self-respect and a self-worth place, especially if food is a struggle of yours, to have that intention of what does it mean for me to feel good? For most of us, that's going to mean not overeating. And I might get flack for this. I might get people thinking that like, oh, this is a very diety thought and I, um, you know, you can think what you want to think. I think that most of you are, you know, very receptive to the things that I share. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about this. I think we see a lot of like, you know, people out there in the intuitive eating space who are just like, I eat whatever I want at all times. And it's so easy. And I feel like that too, but I am also not going to lie and say that I don't practice restraint and practice like feeling in control and really doing what I know I need to do, those hard decisions that I need to make every day because hard decisions some usually lead us to feeling our best and really creating meaning. And I will, for me, again, knowing that my food freedom means not overeating. You know, so if you are, again, trying to mend your mental relationship with food, maybe you need a period of that. And maybe you need a period of just like kind of eating whatever and seeing that it doesn't work for you because then it can be intrinsic and you can be like, oh, the next time you're encountered with that choice, because this is all based on choice. You can be like, oh, I did. I know what that feels like. And I know that I perhaps don't want to feel that way. Right. And one of the most important steps here too, is really identifying how do I want to feel every day? You know, maybe, maybe we don't value how we feel most in our lives and that's okay. For example, I've had clients who um, have to do a lot of schmoozing and they have to drink and they have to eat and they're like out all the time. They travel a lot, not a lot of time to exercise and stuff like that. And in that kind of environment, it's tough. Like you're not really choosing the foods. It's very hard to eat high protein. It's hard to get veggies. And I think many people get to the place where they're like, you know what? I value my social life more and more than how I feel. And that is okay. So again, me saying all of these things is giving you the power to be like, okay, what is, what does this mean for me? And you know, how can I make the decision that's going to let me live the life that I want to live? For me, my well-being, like I said, really decides 
how I show up at work, how I am in my relationships, how if I want to exercise or not. I, you know, Shantae sometimes will, you know, just notice the way that I eat and she'll be like, you left two bites in the plate, just eat them. And I'm like, I'm full, (laughs) you know? So it's like, I very much stand strong in that place. And it's very easy for me to leave food on the plate now, you know? So really getting to terms with like, what do I value? The next step is really asking, can I accept what happens as a result of my actions? Can I accept the fact of you know, overconsumption leading to weight gain. Or for many of us, I think sometimes many of us, I'll just say this really quickly, many of us have an idea of what our bodies should look like and be like. And that body that we have in our minds is not actually what's healthy for us, right? A healthier body, we might lose our period, we might have hormonal dysfunction, uh, we might be cold all the time, really those signs of undereating. And our ideal body then might be 20, 10, 5, 10, 20 pounds over what that is. And the work there is really like accepting that new body because part of this food freedom to me is like, I am fully fed. (laughs) I don't have to restrict in my day to day and I can kind of be flexible to a certain extent, but I've also worked at this for a really long time. So you know, really accepting what happens as a result of the inputs and outputs of my body and where my body wants to be at. You know, maybe we will do a whole episode on set point theory and what that means. But I think another part of this too, kind of the deeper issue here is coming face to face with my emotions and my body and perhaps the way I want to soothe around food and, you know, and and self-regulate using food and not wanting to look at my food behaviors and things like that, that is hard, you know, but we will not, unless we uncover those things, they will drive our life with food. And this is when we can just put like a magnifying glass on our behaviors and the way, not in it like, um, you know, like I'm going to (laughs) poke this thing, but just kind of have some awareness around this. Like, how do I feel? How do I want to feel? What's the discrepancy there? What are the action steps that I need to take in order to get there? Um, how? What are the ways that I want to emotionally eat in a way that, you know, is doesn't make me feel good? I think we always eat with emotion. So all eating is emotional. But when I say that, I really mean like making ourselves feel like shit and eating out of alignment with the way that we want to feel, right? So Those are the things that I think that we need to really come to terms with. And then accepting, again, the quantity of food that we can have in order to have the body that is meant for us, you know? So when I talk about restraint, which is the tool here, when I talk about restraint, it's different than restriction. Restriction to me is reducing either overall calories or a food group or carbs and you know a macro or I'm not going to have sugar or whatever it is that is restriction usually you know we do those things to a large degree and we know what that feels like like you probably can't think of anything else if you are feeling restricted that the brain is concerned with survival and it's probably going to make you binge versus restraint Restraint to me is setting limits and being in control because the, because the truth is 
we likely will not be able to eat all of the foods that we want in the quantities that we want or in the frequency that we want or the way that our brain wants. I can say for me at this point, I do eat what I want and there's no kind of like charge around food. It doesn't mean I'm perfect 100% of the time, but I know what it feels like to overeat. I know what it feels like to have like pastries and a lot of them all day, every day. Like it feels like shit. So when I... And that could be other foods for you. So when I think of embarking on that behavior, I'm not really thinking of the food. I'm thinking like, oh, it's not going to make me feel good if I do that. So therefore, I don't want to do it because I did it so many times before and I know what it feels like. This is why I say sometimes you might need to just allow yourself. If you feel really tight right now, you might need to allow yourself to just like eat one day, not without attention, not without you know, um, discernment and honesty. Don't make yourself feel horrible, you know, but sometimes we might need to just like buy the things that we're scared to eat, sit with them in our house. Even if it's just one serving of something, sit with them in our house and eat slowly and really pay attention. And you might see that like, oh, I actually want less than I thought I did because of how these foods make me feel. So again, otherwise we're just going to go into this blind. So if you're feeling that way, it might be helpful to do that and fully own it. You might not feel great for a day, but then you have information and you have data on the decisions that you can make for next time. I think sometimes we feel so trapped in a food struggle and Some people might say like, oh, like, you know, eating with restraint feels too restrictive for me. But to me, eating too much is the real restriction that restricts my life. That makes me feel like I'm trapped. Like I, I am just thinking back to my old self and thinking like when I would do that, like I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I would isolate. I would procrastinate. Like it it just is not good for me. You know, so I think that as we continue to get real with ourselves, which part of this process is just like brutal, ruthless honesty. And it might be, might sound like a harsh perspective, but it's to me the truth and accepting the truth of food and our bodies and our brains and the ways that we interact with food. And I know that for me, if I don't live this way, I feel trapped otherwise. So therefore this is not restrictive to me. And I can stand like fully confident in that fact. And the truth is we might need to practice restraint forever. And that might be like womp, womp, womp for many of us, you know, but it's the truth because we have a choice. We have a choice of how we interpret this being how we might need to operate. We have a choice on how we uh, interpret what this means for us and like judge ourselves over like, oh, I need to do this and it sucks so much and why can't I be different? Why can't I be free? We need to believe, like it would serve us all to believe that the body that we have been given and the mind that we have been given is meant for us. There's no other way to think that gives us power, right? Maybe that's not true. (laughs) Maybe, you know, the universe or whatever it is that we are born into is just like random. I don't think that because like it also helps me to think that I was meant to be, 
this way. And I was meant to go through all my things with food because like that brought me to where I am now talking about it so much, you know? So I think that like by us not judging ourselves for needing this, you know, the first thing, like stop comparing ourselves. Like it does nothing. I wouldn't even say stop comparing yourself, but like when you do compare yourself, just kind of check yourself and be like, I need to stay in my lane. I can't compare my body. I can't compare the quantity of food that I can eat, stuff like that. Um, but I think we need to continue thinking like I am perfect the way that I am. Like I don't need to be different. From there, we need to really like get the cards that we were dealt and like do the best with those cards. And that's what we're doing here, right? Like still having the things that we want and then also using discernment and honesty and restraint to live our lives. And it might be forever. Because the thing is, if we don't practice, if we don't have restraint, that's when we start going like overboard. If we just start thinking like, you know what I talked about in the beginning of like, oh, I can just have as much as I want and it's going to be fine and that's it. We will quickly see that most of our bodies cannot handle that and feel the same way at the same time, you know? So I think from here, we need to start paying attention. That's kind of the first step here. You know, pay attention to what we eat and what we don't eat and why we eat the things that we do. And also, if you find yourself being an overeater, what is the value there? Like, what are we getting from that? I think for many of us, the value might just be safety and comfort and moving out of that place by self-regulating, looking at our behaviors, dealing with our emotions head on, which is not easy, but absolutely gets easier in time. The more we practice, that is just another skill. And that might feel uncomfortable to you right now because we all have a certain window of tolerance that we operate in. And if we haven't exposed ourselves to bigger levels of discomfort than what we're currently operating in, we will stay the same. So the way out of this is through discomfort actually, but tiny tolerable steps of discomfort because if we go too far, that's when we kind of get in that like freeze mode and we won't move forward. So my goal here is to continue moving you forward. And that happens by just slowly allowing yourself to tolerate a little bit more discomfort at a time. And again, really seeing like really asking, what is the value in me overeating? What is the value in me telling myself this story? What is the value in me keeping myself not feeling well? I think it's, there's a lot of wrapped up in that. It's self-sabotage. It's like, well, this is just what I'm used to. And this is like what I do and I can't change and those beliefs and stuff, which we can all change. We can all change our actions and what we value. And this is if you have that desire to feel better you know, we all have so much power and choice. And, um, you know, I think that that is worth looking into. Like the fact that we want to stay in safety and sometimes we find value and comfort in telling ourselves a story of like, yep, this is just where I am and I can't change. And the real reason that we do that is because we, it is more comfortable to stay there than to actually do the work needed to get out of that. And that's like, I think, part of this whole thing. There's so many narratives here. There's so many ways that we could think about this. But I think at the crux of this issue is that we are not willing to be uncomfortable enough to leave that story, to create a new reality, to do new things, 
because it's not easy. And it is easier to stay where we are in an uncomfortable misery than to go see what's out there because it's unfamiliar. This might be hard to hear, uh, but it's also, again, the truth for many of us. And I know it because it was my story and literally exactly the things that I went through. So now what can we do? (laughs) Kind of how do we start practicing this? This is really why I love macros as a framework because you can start seeing that you can create safety around certain foods that, um, you know, perhaps you wouldn't have eaten before, you know, so like I eat cereal, ice cream, um, you know, lately I've been having some chocolate chips again, Uh, I will have cookies, I will have, I eat sugar, you know, I eat processed stuff, like probably every day, to some capacity, at least a little bit, because that keeps me feeling free. And with the framework of macros, that really taught me like, oh, this is okay. I just have to be aware of like my total calories for the day because calories create weight changes. And then I also have to eat my protein because lots of people out there say too that eating, suggesting protein and vegetables is another diet culture thought. But again, it's also the truth of how we feel good. Like if I just ate whatever all day, I would feel erratic. I would feel like I can't concentrate because I'd constantly be hungry. Protein and vegetables are going to ensure that you feel good and satisfied and even and like it allows you to have food take up less space in your brain, you know, and that to me is appealing. So many of our like cravings or you know, wonky relationship with food, with the way that it feels, sometimes that comes out of just like not eating in a balanced way. So my first step with people is to get them to a place where they feel satisfied and are balanced. From there, we can begin to uncover like what are the, you know, what's the self-regulation that needs to happen? What are the food behaviors that we need to change? And what is the actual food that we need to change here, right? So from here, again, you can begin to practice and you can begin to see that you can eat in a way that you want that works for you. And we might have to have a little bit of grief involved here of like, oh, that fantasy that I had of like me sitting with like, you know, a whole cake is probably not going to be in my reality. For example, I have a client who, and and this can work. So just kind of flipping this a little bit. I have a client who loves a Ben and Jerry's pint And we have factored it into her macro plan that she can eat. Again, we have fit this in for her goals. She can have two pints a week, whole pints in one sitting a week of Ben and Jerry's. The allotment works. We're being very smart with it. That is what we have chosen for her as a way for her to feel uh, satisfied. She doesn't do it every week, but that type of thing are things that you can do too. Like, okay, what is, you know, how can I kind of do this? And the way that we do that is by just being very deliberate on certain days, eating a certain way. And then a couple times a week, owning the fact that you like that pint, owning the fact that you like whatever it is that you like, you know? Um, So in time, this becomes more automatic, but it doesn't mean that there's an absence of effort. So when I hear people say things like, oh, I can't, one of the most common things that I heard, which is so common in general, is like, I can't trust myself to not eat everything. And, you know, we only feel that way because that's the only evidence that we have right now in reality. 
we can change that belief by creating new behaviors. But the thing here is that I think that many of us think that freedom means no effort. Freedom still means that there's going to be effort involved. The effort of mindfulness, discernment. Do I want this? Is it worth it? Does it fit into my day? Can I be deliberate about an owning of the fact that like I want certain things a couple times a week? You know, certain foods are very expensive, let's say. For example, if I just talk about something in my own life, um, on this past Sunday, I went to, and I told this story in the Intuitive Macros call yesterday, I went to get donuts at Sidecar Donuts uh, with some friends and Shantae, and I had never had a gluten-free donut from there. You all know I love my gluten-free treats, and I saw that there was a blueberry donut and an apple cider donut, and I was like, I need both. (laughs) Of course I need both. I need to try both. So after brunch, we had eaten brunch before. After brunch, you know, I was kind of full. I just had a bite of each one, and then later that day, I ate both of the donuts, Like I wanted them. They were so good. Go to Sidecar. If you can eat gluten, Have get the gluten-free ones if you're gluten-free. There is such care of ingredients and high quality stuff in those things um, that it is, you know, it was worth it to me. But kind of the way that I did that was like, okay, if I want these two like giant donuts, these are basically going to be most of my dinner. And that is the restraint that I practiced there because I know that, for example, if I had eaten my dinner and then just eaten those on top of it, I would have felt like shit. So I'm like, okay, allotment for the day. I'm using some of this allotment to have, I don't know, 700, 800 calories of these donuts in one sitting and just owning it so much and loving them so much you know, so that is part of my self-trust. But I think, again, if I can say it again, where we get it wrong is that we think that freedom means the absence of restraint and um, effort of thought and mindfulness of like, uh, isn't going to serve me to eat this whole thing? Can I have, you know, a little bit of, of a smaller portion? Can I, you know, kind of filter this and be like, how does this fit into my day? How am I going to feel afterwards? How am I going, how is this going to impact the meal that I have later and stuff like that? Like thinking in that way is really beneficial for many of us who maybe have the propensity to overeat and want to feel great. So again, those are some of the ways that you can practice restraint. Or let's say if like you go to another thing I love doing, I love going to eat fajitas and having a margarita. And I go to this place in Hermosa Beach called Palmia most frequently. Giant plate of fajitas. I love having um, the, they bring these like really delicious, like freshly made corn tortillas and they have this like honey butter. So I know I'm going to have the honey butter and the tortilla to begin. I know I'm going to have a margarita and I know I'm going to eat all the components of the fajitas. So I'm going to have guacamole and cheese and sour cream, probably going to have, you know, make some tacos out of that too. So like, what I am doing there is restraining the quant- the total quantity of what I'm eating, knowing that I want to have everything. So I think in the past I would have been like, well, I'm just going to have protein and vegetables. And I'm like, now I'm like, no, I want to ha- try everything and I want to have everything. But I'm also not going to abandon myself when I do that. So the restraint that I practice is like, okay, maybe in the beginning I only have like one tortilla with the honey butter instead of three or four 
maybe I have one margarita, you know, instead of two. Maybe I have like I eat all the protein, but then I like don't have all of the all of the guac and all of the cheese and all of the sour cream, you know, so I'm kind of like thinking in my head of awareness, portion awareness. And usually the portion awareness that we need the most is with fats and starches. We're never really going to overeat protein. We're never really going to have like an abundance of vegetables that we want to eat. Like I have literally never been there where I'm like, oh, I, I want to eat 80 cups of vegetables or whatever. It just doesn't happen. It's more so with the fats, the processed stuff that we just need to make sure that we are aware of the portion size and this equals sustainability, you know? So to me, when I say I eat whatever I want, I, whenever I get a plate or I go out to eat, I'm like, okay, I know that like if I want an appetizer and dessert and a drink and the meal, I'm going to have to kind of have a little bit of the appetizer, a little bit of the dessert, maybe not have the full meal, you know, because I know I'm going to feel like shit if I don't. So this, some people might hear this and be like, oh, but you're restricting. I am not. I am honoring my body and the limits of my body and what it can handle in order to continue feeling the way that it wants to feel. And I think by us accepting the fact that we might need effort and thought and mindfulness every single day, things can get a lot easier in time, right? And you won't feel that need to go like so overboard all the time, you know? The way that we begin to trust ourselves in this capacity is gathering evidence that we did the thing that we told ourselves we were going to do. Okay, I'm going to, you know, choose to be mindful today. I'm also going to honor the way that foods impact me. So, you know, the fact that like, if we have a cupcake, we might still want to eat another cupcake, but it doesn't mean that we should. So it's kind of like holding that feeling of like, I want to. So like, it doesn't matter how much information you accumulate, accumulation of information and even getting support is not going to necessarily change your brain and change the degree to which your brain lights up with certain foods, right? So it's just important for us to remember these things and accept these things that like we can hold two feelings at once. We can want to eat more and know that we've had enough and know that like eating more would make us feel crappy. And sometimes again, that might happen, but we need to let a slip not become a slide. I just, that came from a book I just read (laughs) called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy really good book. Um, Child star, narcissistic mother, uh, eating disorders. But anyway, um, that phrase, a slip doesn't have to be a slide. Use it as information. Use it as data for the next time. You need to allow yourself to have the full experience of food and kind of expose yourself to different things. I think that we will always come back to the concept of wanting to feel free, which means that we would need to practice some restraint. So I hope that this gave you some stuff to think about. I hope that it gave you some clarity in terms of what is needed for food freedom. I'm also going to be doing an episode on scarcity. Um, I'm going to be doing one on letting go of outcomes um, and really 
that second part of food freedom is like reaching food freedom and what that means and, and what that entails in a layer deeper in terms of like taking a more overarching view. Uh, this was very much like nitty gritty specific type of thing, types of things. So I would love to know what you hear. I would love to know if you have any questions. I'm going to keep talking about this stuff. I'm going to keep making it clear for you all, but um, keep going. Remember that your relationship with food, your forever relationship with food, if you haven't found it yet, it's because you haven't given yourself the power to discover it for yourself. Because sometimes we just listen to so many people and we're like, oh, I should do that or I should do this or I should follow this plan. This is why when I give nutrition plans, I don't tell you exactly what to eat. I look at what you're already eating and we tweak it because if not, it won't last, you know? So part of this is like having the courage to be sick of dieting, be sick of yourself, honestly, in the throes of dieting. That's where I had to get to. I'm like, I'm just so sick of myself continuing to do this and continuing to hurt myself in so many different ways. If it was either restricting too much or going overboard too much, the forever place with food is the gray area. And that's hard because most of us are used to, you know, black and white, all nothing, strict food lists and rules and stuff like that, you know? So have the courage to continue going. Let me know if you have any questions. I know how hard this is, but I promise if you just keep going, continue gathering evidence and giving yourself the power by knowing that nobody can figure this out except for you, which can be scary. You taking those action steps is going to continue to get continue to help you get there and it's going to continue to just chip away at getting to that forever relationship with food and the foundation of this is being so honest with yourself likely to a level that you're not comfortable with right now but sometimes we need to swap a certain misery for the unknown which is going to be uncomfortable but it is so good on the other side I promise I get it I understand all of these things so would love to hear your questions. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I can't wait to talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Wise. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley A. Cardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.